This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, we're just sitting here talking about the secondary a little bit. You know, Tom, you bring up a good point. There's a number of guys, four of your top six secondary men are set to become free agents this year. There's a number of guys, of course, Joe Hayden, you know, he wants to continue playing. That's going to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking about 12 mil a year. He made 11.2 last year. All right, so I was off by 800,000. But you really expect him to drop much from that? No, right? I, like, no, I, I, I don't see it. And I, a post he, from injury and he's missing already, a couple of games, he played pretty well this year. So it's not, it's not like he's going to be like, well, you really dropped off, so we're going to pay you less. He's going to be like, no, I no, he's already all. expressed his desire to go on the open market. Yeah, you know to test the waters. So, um, but he did also tweet out that they have until March 16th to come to a deal. So he's he's obviously leaving, leaving the door open. open. But right. I do I do think he is going to test the free agency waters. Yeah, that 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 apparently is something that you got to check out. Listen, I love Terrell Edmonds. I know a lot of people are. Uh, Wolf, I was just going to say, I'm looking at this list of free agents. He might be at the top of the list for me as far as guys you got to bring back, because Joe's too expensive. Who knows what the market's going to be like for Juju? Terrell Edmonds is probably the number one guy you got to bring back because if you lose Joe, you can't afford to lose another starter in that secondary too. Well, that is exactly so. And this is the guy who's the the, the box guy, you know. And th- those guys are hard to find guys that can operate well in the box. Um, Terrell Edmonds is, him, yeah. yeah, well, he's got some size. He's also got a great ability to, to find his way into the, the the gaps that he needs to fit. You know, in my mind, he was never a bad fit in any gap that he got to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's done, you know, uh, I think a pretty good job. And number one is what Mike Tomlin said in the press conference. Look, availability is something it's huge that, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's not a lot of guys that uh, have, you know, streaks going as, and, and snaps. Uh, totals like anywhere near Terrell Edmonds. No. You know, he is a tough plays every dude. Game. Yeah, he plays hard. He plays he plays week in, week out. Availability is a big, big issue if you ask me in today's football. There's a lot of guys today, back in my day, there there was never a term of uh business decisions. That's a that's a, a new new term in modern day football. Making a business decision. I'm not gonna jump on that football and, yeah. and recover that fumble because yeah. I've got a contract coming up this yeah, offseason. I'm not gonna want to tweak my leg. Yeah, I don't want to be in any pile up where something could get snapped. And then you have Juju get... making the opposite of a business decision and suiting up when his agent and his mother were reportedly telling him to not play in that wild card game because of risking of injury. This is why have. I so respect him. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. He loves football. Right? I, I, I just I, I disagreed, got a little frosted at times when he did the dance and stuff on the logos because I think all you're doing is stirring the pot. You're creating animosity more that over and above. It doesn't need to be made. It doesn't yeah. need to be made, okay? But at the same time, I love his competitiveness. I love his competitive nature. I love the fact that he is not afraid to come out and go after it, that he lays it on the line. I mean, guys like that, that he, he's an 80s, 90s type guy uh, in, a, in a modern day, you know, social media body. All right. I mean, that's just Very well what he put, is. yeah. I mean, that's, that's who he is. So, all right. We got to go to the phones. I think we got CR in Chicago. CR. Welcome to the locker room, my friend. Hey, what's going on, guys? See you all the nation in Chicago. It's a pleasure to talk to you two guys this morning, man. As always. We got the uh, – <laughs> it's always that way, man. We got uh, Ninja Jacob hiding in the shadows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that. 
Watch out, man. He well, can you know, catch here yeah. at any time. <laughs> I know, I know, but I tell you what, Jacob, you you and uh, uh, Jacob and Tom, you you guys got got a really good show. They do. Uh, it's too bad that more people don't don't hear about it. Uh, I mean, I'm always talking it up because hey, you guys are the third generation. So uh, as they say, the best is yet to come. Ooh, I like. That. Appreciate it. Keep telling everybody you know about it too. Sarah. <laughs> Keep being our PR agent. Very good. Yeah. So. Um, Hey, let me give you some background information here. Uh, maybe I can get this to you someday if you want it. I, mean, I don't know if you guys want it or not. But we have zero calls Wednesday and Thursday. We had six calls this week, uh, 314 calls this year and counting. Uh, shout out to my brother uh, Juan, the Carolina Connection, and also want to shout out to Sarcastic George, Parts Unknown. I said when he no, comes no, on, Sarcastic he's very... Sword, S W O R D. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sword. All Sometimes, right. you know, when you get old. But then again, you wouldn't know about that yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when he comes on, he's very methodical in his thought process, but he brings up some very excellent He really does. There's no he's doubt about it. He kind of reminds you of our grandfather or something like that, <laughs> you know, where you sit down and you listen to him, the knowledge and wisdom. Um, so, uh, hey, guys, a couple of quick questions, and then I'll get into some football stuff. Um, hey, uh, uh Tom, who, who's responsible for uh, inside the locker room dirt dozen replays, man? Inside the locker room replays? What are you What are you referring to? Like the podcast? Yeah, you know, like like the show. Yeah, the broadcast. Uh, who's responsible? I believe. Oh, the reason I'm saying that because there, there was no segment two from Monday the seventeenth, and then there's been a couple other shows where there's been no segments. So, like I said, segment two from Monday the seventeenth. Yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, not sure who that is. I think it's out of our hands here. So none of none of the ninjas okay. are Wolf, obviously, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll mention. You know who's not involved in it? Actually, Wolf, did you do something with the computer? Is that why it's not up? Yeah. I yeah. can't even hardly plug so, him in. I'll pass that along, Cr. He can't even. He can't even turn his headset headset on. <laughs> yeah, you remember when I didn't plug in my headset? Oh, that was funny. Of course, I remember that, man. Oh. I, I remember a lot of stuff. Uh, not not some football related questions. Um. Number one, uh, on quarterback search, uh, no discussion ever on Joshua Dobbs, and he's the one person that Big Ben always looked for when he went to the to the bench to the sideline, and they were always had their heads together. Why is there no, in, in your individual opinions, why is there no discussion about Joshua Dobbs being the next man up? Well, I think it starts with the fact that he's he's a free agent right now. So he's technically, well, not right now because the league year doesn't end until March. But once that happens, he's going to be a free agent. He made a million dollars and some change last year. So it's not like you'd have to break the bank to bring him back as an option. But I think maybe, you know, people look at Dwayne and Mason on the roster. Well, not Haskins. Haskins is going to have to sign something as well. He was kind of a prove-it deal. But I think with the vote Mm -hmm. of confidence that the coaching staff had in Haskins and Rudolph saying those two will be open for a competition this year. I think that coupled with the fact that Dobbs is just not on the roster come March. Well, think about this. I I think that's why. What happened before Josh Dobbs left? There was a competition between Mason and Josh. Mason was selected. Josh was traded. Traded to Jacksonville. Exactly. Now they brought him back. Because Ben got hurt. Yeah, exactly. And they they brought him back, and he's he's got an excellent mind. We know he's a rocket scientist. 
as I told him. He is the first rocket scientist because all my whole life. He's really wasting his abilities when you think about yeah, it. I mean, that man should my, have us on Mars by now instead of running the, the scout team <laughs> offense. I mean, think about this. I've of always course. said, hey, there's not a lot of, a lot of rocket scientists in the NFL. Yeah. Well, there's one. There's one. You know, I met him. All right, it's Josh Dobbs. But the point being is that he's already – they've already had a competition, and they decided to go with Mason. Yeah. So that's why I think that's – you know, he's not been – Mentioned in the same light as, as Haskins and, and Mason. If he's not a rocket scientist when he's all said and done, he's going to be a coach in the NFL. That's what I'm thinking. He's, he's basically yeah. been coaching yeah. his whole time on the sidelines yeah. now. He's an right. offensive assistant on game day. He, he He's only the second person ever in the history of the NFL that has been with uh, uh, work with NASA. The other guy, <laughs> uh, he uh, uh, they have a, a profile on, on the other uh, NASA guy who was a football player. Mm-hmm. And um, – with that, with that being said, um, one last question. Hey, we got the weekend coming up, and we got the uh, division round playoffs. So, starting with the AFC, uh, Buffalo and Kansas. Give me a pick. Oh man, I'm, I'm glad I'm I got my uh, hometown Bills. I I really see our feel like the Bills are going to do this thing. Bills beat the Chiefs yeah, pretty okay. significantly earlier this year in Arrowhead. It was a different Chiefs team. We all know how slow they started off the season, and they've been on fire since. But you got to have firepower to hang with KC, and I don't know if there's many teams out there that have the firepower that the Bills do. If Allen plays like he did against what was it in the wild card game, New England, he's the best quarterback in football when he's on like that. Five, I think it was. Seven touchdowns, man. Seven total for the offense, and he's just so big and fast, and he's got the best arm in football, I think, not accuracy-wise, but strength-wise. When Allen's on, no one's better than him. So if he can continue that magic, I, I really do feel like the Bills go into Arrowhead and get that upset. I do. I do. All right. That's one. Uh, number two, uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Saturday. Well, it's, it, to me, it's it's about whether or not uh, what's-his-name plays. The King. Yeah. He's going to play. Henry. It's a matter of how he's going to play. Um, yeah, exactly. he's going to get the run. Yeah. But we'll see how he does. But Thanks. you know what? I I, I got to believe that uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati looks good. They really they do, good. and even if the King does play yeah. and that offense from Tennessee gets moving, well, Cincinnati's another one of those teams that can put up as yeah. many points as anybody. So uh, I that might Chase ha- Burrow connection. I might, yes, I might have to go with those, uh, you know, the chili eating. Uh, oh, the Bungles Cincinnati. in an AFC yeah. Championship game. Oh, oh could no. you imagine? Oh, we, no. we, we knew some food was going to be in there. <laughs> so you know that somehow, uh, the, absolutely. The uh, the NFC uh, Saturday, uh, San Francisco at Green Bay going to be a lot tougher for Green Bay than I think a lot of people think. That Watch the defensive line for the Niners on, on Sunday, or Saturday night. Is Bosa going to be able to play? I don't know about that. I think, I think he will be, be back, but even if he's not, they're playing outstanding football on that defensive front in, in San Fran. But I bet Rodgers pulls it out in Lambeau against the I, NFC. It's hard game. to bet against Rodgers in Lambeau. Lambeau right? yeah. Yeah. They're undefeated there this year, I'm pretty hey, sure. You, you think the weather is going to play an important role with that? I don't know that weather will or will not. It's more like the mystique of Lambeau. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers okay. at Lambeau. Let me tell you, there's a lot of uh, good uh, good mojination going on The Niners on there. play good defense and they run the ball, so that is conducive for bad weather football. So oh, I, don't, it is. I don't think it will affect the Niners much. That's, that's a great point. All right. And finally, uh, L.A. Raiders at the Tampa Bay Bucks. I want to bet against them, but I can't. <laughs> I, everything tells me the Rams are a better team, especially with like three starting linemen are out for the Bucks, including Wirfs. Are they out? I for think sure? Wirfs is out. 
Worfs is the best one on that line, and, yeah. and him being out is huge. He tweaked his ankle last week in the wild card round against the Eagles. Three offensive linemen down or won't be at 100%. No Godwin, no AB. And and yet I still find myself thinking Tom's just going to find a way to, to beat a team he shouldn't and get to the a- NFC Championship game. I, I'm going with the Rams. Aaron Donald well, the smart and their pick. wrecking crew. That's and Matt Stafford looked like a guy that's finally you know looking like he can do the things that he does during the regular season yeah. in the playoffs. And they got Akers back, who's a really good running back, so they can run the ball well. And you got Mike Evans to deal with for that Tampa receiving core with the other injury and A.B. just going crazy and quitting. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey can shut down anybody in the NFL. So I, you're right. Like everything I, tells you the Rams. Rams should win the game, but it's Tom. It's, you know, Tom, it's Tom, I know. But like, if they if he had an offensive line, none of those guys hurt, I'd I go bet with it Tom. Be Brady. Yeah, but that O line's gonna be a that problem. That defensive line of the Rams. Miller and, and oh. Donald. That's it's gonna that, be tough. it could be scary. The mystique of uh Tom that he's got that he's got that mystique. So hey guys, appreciate you giving me a couple minutes of your time. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll find out what's going on. We'll talk again Monday. So Sounds in good. the meantime, in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right, thank you so much, Cr. They're they're going to be some great games. Yes, weekend. exactly. I, I think every single game is going to be an absolute phenomenal football game to watch. Which means now that I said that, they'll all be blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> Just jinx it. I hold not. Look, this is my first weekend off in a long uh, time. You're preaching to the choir, bro. So, baby, I'm looking forward to just, yes, you too. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, just kind of like deloading here. Although I wish, we, of course, we were still in it. That would be the, the, the best. That would be thing. the most preferred thing, yes. Exactly. Right. You know, but uh, certainly uh, th- there's, you know, what, what do you think the bigger mystique is? Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau? Maybe it's Lambeau versus Tom Brady. <laughs> Who's I'm, got the bigger? I'll go with Tom Brady just because last year Tom Brady went into Lambeau Field. Oh, that's a great and point. Beat Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship. That's game. right. And everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be really cold in Lambeau, Tampa Bay, warm weather team going up there." And it's like, "Well, Tom's been playing in New England for 18 straight seasons. I think he's pretty used to some frigid, frigid temperatures come NFC or AFC Championship game time." So you know, that's a great point. That settles it. That that easy, easy enough to say. That, that I think the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think it gets a little tight if they see Tampa Bay on that other sideline next round as opposed to the Rams. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with more coming up after this in the locker room. We got me, you got Ninja Tom, you got Ninja Jacob. We'll be back with more. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, yeah, it's a Friday. I love it. I don't know. I might have to go to Five Guys on my way oh, out of here. Oh, wow. I can't believe you just said that. It's right at the bottom it's of the hill, right man. It's right at the bottom of the hill. It's almost like they guide you right into it. You just kind of like roll into it and like, I'm here, Five Guys. I might as well get a burger, right? Well, I mean, it's like I, I take my boys there. And so the three of us go, and there we go. We got three guys going to Five Guys eating enough for, I don't know, six guys. Well, that- <laughs> 
Yeah. I'll ne- the first time I bit into a Five Guys burger, it, it was a magical experience. Isn't that- I heard a choir of angels behind me yeah. singing, and a ray of light came shining through onto my face. Bacon was, cheeseburger, baby. And the Cajun fries, and then a nice vanilla shake. Oh, I, I love the part. I love how they make their bacon cheeseburger a double cheeseburger. Like the normal burger is the double. Like if you want a single patty, you got to get the junior bacon cheeseburger. Yes, you got to go exactly. junior, and that's even still bigger than most burgers. But here's 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 something else too. If you've not been to Caliente's and gotten their Caliente. Caliente burger, let me tell you something. See, I've never gone away from the pizza at Caliente. Oh. Yeah, and the, the wings, the wings they, I've gone to. The secret sauce at Caliente's uh, the is their, their burger and their wings. Ooh. I got to tell you oh, something. Their wings man. are phenomenal. Oh, they just, they rock. Because the pizzas are all phenomenal. Yeah, okay? you can't go wrong with that. No, pizza. you can't. Yeah. But then to know that they got such great burgerization there, I mean, you can get burgerified there like you can't believe. You can't pick wrong food. TVs, as far as the eye can see, as much beer as you could possibly want. I love Caliente. It's just a great place to be. All right. One of the things we were talking about in the off uh, when we were off the air was Deontay Johnson. He's got one year left on his rookie deal. He's going to be undrafted uh, or uh, UFA next uh, next season. Uh, so the question is, would you um, would you sign him to number one money? Mm. And you're talking about 15, 20 mil, something in that that range, you know, uh, 15, 20 mil. Or, you know, he'd go, he's got over 100 catches. He had 1,200 yards, basically, uh, eight TDs. But, um, you know, he, he hits these, these periods of time where he's not quite so productive. You know, his last five games he had receiving yardage of 34, 51, 31, 51, and 38. That's not exactly. It's not what you want from him, no. Especially coming off of, you know, 76 yards against Minnesota, 105 against Baltimore, 95 against Cincy, 100 against the Chargers. Like, he was really putting together great performances. And then it just kind of all kind of went downhill. That Titans game, he only had five catches for 38 yards. Uh, You didn't really notice him do too much. Bat like he has a catch percentage of one hundred percent in that game, so he caught everything. Right. It was that Chiefs game where he made that fumble, just trying to exchange hands, and then he had a drop. I feel like that kind of snowballed over into the rest of the season because the drops were a problem ever since that game. Again, it started again. And you know, and there he, was he a does couple the... in that wild card game too, where Ben hit him. Oh, well, a third and perfect two. first down. Yeah, right and it was right there. Hands. And then next, it, it just it's tough. And I, I love this kid. I love everything about him. He's got as, as Bruce was telling as we were talking about it. Bruce was saying, "Yeah, he's great against man. You know, he's, he gets open in the zones and that he know, can read coverages. Um, but these drops, he relapses, and sometimes, you know, uh, number one guy is. I mean, it's got to be. There's got to be more stability in that number yeah. one, and so I guess. You know, he's come a long ways from last year, and I would like to see how Matt Canada and Rudolph and Haskins, uh, or quarterbacks unknown, you know, how they'd go about, you know, before I invest that sort of money. Yeah. You know, you can always tag him. You can, you know. There's, right. Uh, drops are going to happen. I mean, right. even even Jamar Chase has his fair share right. of drops this year. But you need to be able to respond from the drops. Yeah. I think the Baltimore game is a perfect example. He had a drop early, real bad one. Two touchdowns later in that game right. helps lead the comeback in the second half. Redeems himself. You need to be able to do that. From that Kansas City game on, he'd have the gaffes and then not have the redemption after the gaffes. And I think that's the pro- going into the Kansas City game. I think you could have talked me into yeah, pay him number one money. Right. But after that game and those four games of just kind of pedestrian play with a lot of mental mistakes, that's 
give you second second thoughts a little bit about that contract now. It does. He, he looked like a number one up until that point. All oh, year I long. mean, you know, early on, and again, he still has it, and it's still there. But it's like, it's, it's literally just catch the football. Yeah, like it's I, it's the easiest part, or it should be one of the easiest parts to fix. Just catch the ball. I think it, it's obviously a mental thing. You know, I mean, he goes through and comes back with this right. the tennis ball thing, and he he works on that. And he, I love the way he's applying himself. He's attacking the problem. Oh, he's always he's working not, hard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that he he's not a hard worker. He's a very hard worker. It's not that he's not talented. He's very talented. There's a little something that there's a little fly in the ointment that occurs now and then. Now, if, for number one money, yeah, that's you where it gets tricky. Yeah, that's. That's the hiccup, you know. That's the problem. So anyhow, and I think you'll enter the when they enter negotiations. You know, it's it's a brutal thing because right. I've only heard stories about it. I'm sure you have some stories about it, but like you've got this guy on your team and you've been, you know, investing in him and his rookie deal, and then all of a sudden you get to these negotiations and it's like, well, you do this wrong, you do that wrong, you're not oh, good at yeah. that, you can't do that, you kind of stink at this, so we're going to pay you this much money. It's like all of a sudden all these negatives just start come flying out at you, and you want to put them in a position where those negatives are so few and far between that they really have no choice but to pay you, and unfortunately Deontay's giving them a lot of ammo in the direction of, well, you want number one money, but all of these you know, things we have on our list here tells me that you deserve number two money. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to you gotta right. avoid as many negative things they can hit you with in contract negotiations, and I just don't think Deontay's there yet. So, unfortunately, I think Steelers are going to tell him, hey, you four years on a bargain deal for a number two, or go and test the market because – or not test the market. We're going to put the tag on you. It's yeah. probably what they'd do at that point. I would think at that point, but we'll see. All right, I think we're going to head to the phones here because I think oh, we nice. have a friend here who is in a nice, warm Florida, Florida. Wow. That would be Jealous. Circus George. Yes, Circus George. You're in the locker room, my friend. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, good morning. morning. So, fighting fighting COVID for the second time. No, no. I'm getting better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been, what, nine, ten days since I got tested positive at work. How about that? You know, I do COVID-positive transport to patients. I got sick. See, how'd that happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, you sound good at least, George, even, yeah. I can ask for even, even when you're Even when your boss asks you, how do you think you got sick? Well, I don't know, Pat. You know, when you <laughs> send me to go pick up a patient that's sick with it, and I've got a reduced immune system from a transplant, it's kind of a given. I don't know how that happened. Anyways, it's yeah. bizarre. Enough of the, the, uh, of the cynicism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... George, you kill Off me. Off-season, I mean, it's, I just it's, say, you, you kill me. <laughs> good, yeah. good. What do you think? What do you think that happened? How could it come about? I don't know. All right, continue, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, I want to thank you and the ninjas and Max for what a great job you've done. Um, in absence of our departed brother, who did yes. such a great job for so many years, it was you guys didn't miss a beat. At least not on the radio. It, you couldn't tell. I know it had to hurt, but oh yeah, you guys did great. I just want to tip my hat to all of you. Thank you for what your kind words, brother. Um, the season ended too soon for my liking, yeah. but not surprisingly. I mean, who in their right minds would have? You know, I, I really appreciated those guys, those pundits saying, "I'm going out on a limb here and picking the Chiefs." Well, no kidding. <laughs> you know, defending AFC champs really. Well, that's really bold. I, I got to really say, you got you really stepped out there. And uh, anyways. But uh, to lose the way we did, it reminded me almost of the AFC Championship game against the Dolphs in 84, when mm. the Dolphs kind of fiddled around with you guys for a half. And then 
oh, by the way, we're going to open up the offense and score 25 more points where three or four more touchdowns, just so you know how much better we are. Yeah, 45-28, I, mean, remember? I remember. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was a close game for a while, and all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Nah, we're not going to, we're not going to let you hang it on anymore. So what to do to combat that? I like what, um, some of the things I've heard from guys like Savern and whatnot about how this team needs some serious rebuilding from the ground up. You need linemen, and I said that in the last offseason. We need linemen. Well, I don't gonna, know if the guys we got are the answer yet. They maybe are, maybe aren't. They're going to draft in the trenches, but again, in my mind, the very first question you got to answer is how you're going to allow the quarterback competition to unfold. Is it with in-house? Are you going to bring somebody in? Only when you, you decide how it's going to unfold can you start to de- develop a philosophy of how your offense is going to run because you're not going to run it the way Ben ran it. This is you know this is no this is a different deal. Well, it's it's like replacing uh, Bradshaw with Cliff Stout. You were there for that, right? Did the offense run the same with Cliff Stout under center? No, didn't no it didn't, and it wasn't going to either. There's a, a drop down in talent there. You just can't expect. One to be like the other. It's just part of life. That's why you value those quarterbacks. Now, my my little uh, hint to people out there old enough to remember, our team stunk for a long time after that, just so you know. And mm-hmm. just because you hit rock bottom doesn't mean you're going to get great picks out of it. Like people say, we should tank and get big picks. No. You know, I still remember Tim Worley. We got two number one picks in 89. We got Worley and Tom Ricketts. Yep. Forgettable, both of them. That does not mean... Just because you're picking early that you're going to have blue-chip players. Just saying. So, anyways, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store. I don't have a lot of expectations at the moment because, well, it's the offseason and so much can happen. But, um, geez, you know, I'm a Steeler fan. I, I hung through the, the 80s as a Steeler fan here in Florida. Anybody that does that, as far as I'm concerned, is a real fan because it would have been very easy for me to jump on the Marino ship. Very easy, and I didn't. <laughs> and I'm not going to. Just the way I am, brother. I'm very stubborn and hard-headed. It might be that check side of me. I don't know. Oh no, no, not that. I wait, wait. You, you wonder how you got COVID from transporting COVID people, and the fact that you're a check and hard-headed. <laughs> I wonder how that fits too. I mean, it's about similar. <laughs> Dude, I, I I so appreciate you guys' humor. You guys are the best. I, and thank I you for everything. You. Have a great off season. Thank you. And hey, hey think now, about that cooking show I've mentioned in the past. <laughs> I will. Cook, but cooking show. We're here. We're back next week, so don't bail on me yet. Yeah, we got another week of this guy. Yeah. I won't. All right. Good I deal. I won't. Take care, gentlemen. Thank you, brother. You All right. Offensive line that he brought up. Yes. You got Turner as an unrestricted free agent. Mm, kind of had a prove-it deal this year. I don't know if he did terrible, but I don't know if he, he really, you know, I, he wasn't for sure earned his way back. I don't think he's the answer that uh, I need him to be. At that guard spot. Um, because, but, you know, and again, I'm not adverse to bringing him back. But when I take a look at that, and I think to myself, first of all, I got to decide what I'm going to do with Kendrick. And I well, that's just what I was going to say. And my point is, I think Kendrick Kendrick could be an awesome guard. That's what Big had, Ben said too. I got no problems. I've felt that way throughout the season. But I, you know, the thing about it is that when you put him in a position, you, you want to see him fully go and go as far as he can with it. He's got position flexibility. But the way that kid can run, and here's the thing about it. He's a mall. When he's I mean, when he doesn't when he doesn't have to snap the ball, yeah. you know he can just he's just looking at that guy. When it, yeah, when he when it says move this guy, he moves, moves people. Them. He can move them, and I love. And here's the thing about it: he's very combative. So here's one of the problems. All right, you got to set the huddle when you're a center. 
All right. So you can't spend time getting in scraps with people because you're supposed to be back there said, huddle up, you know, you're seven, eight yards. Yeah, Yeah, he's a scrapper. All right. He he runs downfield. He he sheriffs the pile. He does all those things. This is a kid whose talents are going to come to the surface. And I really believe that you look at him and you get him playing guard. I think that would be absolutely terrific. Um, so just one, my, one thought. No, I agree with you. I think that's the best way to go about it. I think, I think you bring back Hassenauer. He's an exclusive rights yes. free agent, so it's easy to sign him probably for a league minimum. So you bring back JC on the cheap, put him at center. Not long-term solution at center, but just for a year or you two. You don't know. JC is— Yeah, he played well at the end of the year. JC is a good player. You bump uh, Green not- over to where Trey was, so you got Dotson on one side and Green on the other in the guards. You keep uh, Dan Moore on the left tackle because yep. I think he really established that he's the future there, yep. or at least you keep giving him a chance there. And then it's Chooks at that right tackle who is a free agent. I doubt he's going to have much of a market for him, though. I, I think you could get him back on a pretty f- team-favorable deal— I would, and I would roll with those five to start the season, and then have a couple draft picks, you know, kind of littered in there, and maybe one of the, maybe you pick a tackle in the first round, and he blows you away, and he takes Chuke's spot. But I, I would go Moore, Dotson, Hassenhauer, Green, Chukes, at least to start the off season for your line. There's, there's just a couple of things there. Number one, uh, for Danny Moore, I, I obviously the first thing I, he's got to work on is his footwork. His but was he the set. most impressive lineman you think you saw this year for them? I think I think Kendrick. When Kendrick when Kendrick's some of the out things, there. When Kendrick does some things and he does them right, I'm telling you what, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I would have liked to play with that dude. Because that he's he's a mauler. And I think your guy, the big glue, is a good guy to come back as a as a kind of a backstop, can play both guard positions, Absolutely. just a, just a depth piece. Absolutely. You know, hats off to that kid. Yeah, you know, thrown into the starting role and just and he one of the worst places, the yeah, one of the worst places you could be at U.S. Bank Arena. You know, I I was ear splitting loud. Ooh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the old the old uh, Metro Dump, as we used to call it when I, I played my last two years in Minnesota, the Metro Dump could literally fit inside the U.S. Bank Arena two times. That's how big that arena was, and it was just absolutely ear splitting with the the sounds. I got to believe that's a tough place to play. When you're a young buck, have not seen any NFL action, and all suddenly you're out there, you know, you're rolling the ball out there, and you're with the boys, the big boys. And I thought that kid acquitted himself well. And I think he earned himself a nice backup spot on this team next year because uh, there's that familiarity now. Opportunity, that he has. yeah. Opportunity is what you know. But I would say just to finish off with Danny Moore, real quick. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got to get his footwork down. He gets caught with his feet in the air too much. When you shuffle, your feet come together. And your hips rise up, and then you you know kick step back. He's got to learn to to step slide and step and drag, step and drag, step and drag because he gets caught with his feet up, and that's what gives that that big push to the quarterback mm-hmm. on a bull rush. You got to keep your feet anchored into the ground, and that's one of the things that he works yeah. on. That I think he's he's a long way towards taking care of a lot of the, 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 the some of the uh, some of the uh, some of his weaknesses in his game there, but. You know, that's just a thought right now. We got more coming up because we're going to go to break and we will be back with more. You're in the locker room with myself, the ninjas. That would be Ninja Tom and Ninja Jacob. And uh, we'll be back after this. (laughs) 
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're in the final lap here in the locker room. Stretch run, baby. One of the guys that uh, has surfaced recently is uh, Antonio Brown. You don't say. Yeah, he's on Brandon Marshall's I Am Athlete show. And he was responding to everyone's concerns about his mental health. He says, there's nothing wrong with my mental health. Mm. He says, basically. <laughs> he, he might said, not be the best person to give that yeah, uh, right. endorsement. <laughs> now, I, I got to tell you, I, I love this, that kid when he came here. I mean, he was just such a hardworking dude. I was just going to say, have you ever seen someone work hard? Oh, like, no. I mean, and, uh, you know, he was, I don't know, he was humble. He was gracious um, when he first started off. And then. Even when he wasn't so humble and gracious, he yeah. still worked his ass yeah, off. Yeah, there's no right? question. There's no question about it. And uh, you know, uh, he but he says that Arians told him to leave. Basically, Arians just said leave because you know he wouldn't go back in the game because he said his ankle was trashed. I find that hard to believe. Well, I mean, here here's the thing that the proof to me is always in the pudding. <laughs> you know, he was putting one foot in front of the other when he went off the field. He was. Hopping around, jumping, he was jacks jumping. In the end zone. I mean, his ankle didn't look trashed when he made, uh, you know, he went exit stage left uh, down there. I, I just, I worry about him because, uh, you know, I, for whatever his foibles and, and his uh, things he, he has, you know, have happened over the years, you know, you wish the very best for him and, and you want him to come out of this thing. The guy had so much potential um, and there was such. His his backstory was so great about what he overcame. He was like living in a car. Absolutely, when he was a, a teenager in Miami, kicked and... out on the street, and here he ends up getting a scholarship. And what a great story! And I just you want him to right the ship and be able to finish off correctly. And that just um, it's it's a shame. He was set up to kind of be the Tom Brady of wide receivers. Drafted in the sixth round, right. no one really knew who he was, and then three years later. This guy might be the best receiver in the NFL. And then five years later, years. this guy might be the best receiver to ever play the game of football. And it just went all down the toilet in it a just, matter of just two seasons. Yeah, he went off the rails. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think about it. I was seriously going, you know, if this guy plays long enough, you're talking about threatening Jerry Rice. And you think about his work ethic. Oh. He probably would have played for 15, 16 oh. seasons if he was healthy. Enough. At least. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was. And the thing about it was he had that instinct to find that, how to get open whether it's zone or man. I mean, he just – they tried to take him out of co- any any coverages. And you remember moments like, uh, you know, the Christmas miracle, you know, against the Ravens when he extended over the goal line. Yes. I mean, just stuff like that was just incredible. So, you know, still wish the very best for Antonio Brown. Um, sorry that it couldn't have been here. But, uh, you know, s- some of the stuff is – it's – it's a little bit scary for him, I would think, at this he, point in time. He's about 5,000 yards behind Fitzgerald for second all-time in receiving yards in NFL history. He's about 3,000 behind Terrell Owens for number three. If he would have just kept his oh. head on straight, he'd already be number two, number three right now. And like you said, if he had the longevity, Jerry Rice's 22,000 would have definitely been in play. I'm not saying he gets it. No, but but he would have been the one that had the best shot to get it for since Jerry Rice hung him up. Like, absolutely. So it just sucks that you look at him. He's all the way down 24th all time in receiving yards in the NFL history. He should be top five right now if he just keeps his head on straight. And you know what a top five does for you? Oh, automatic. Hall Gold of fame. jacket. Yeah, automatic. You know? There's nothing they can do to take it away from you at that point. 
No, exactly. So. If they didn't take it away from T.O. and Randy Moss. Right. <laughs> and they tried to with T.O. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But you can't because he's third all time. Like yeah. at some point you're like, we got to let Owens in. Yeah. Would have been the same story with Brown. Exactly so. One of the guys that we uh, all, you got to cheer for is Presley Harvin. Presley Harvin came poor back. Kid went through a lot. He did. He did yeah. indeed. You know what I mean? He lost his father on Christmas morning. Two weeks later, he Can't loses imagine. his grandmother. I mean, uh, you know, he, he spends the whole year basically up and down and probably had to do with maybe, you know, some situations that occurred. This is what I'm always talking you're about. You're so right. His father wasn't in the greatest health all season long. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're worried your about head. that. Yeah. And, you know, he talks about, you know, because his dad said, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not here, you got to take care of the family. You know, and I understand that. I lost my father. It's a sobering uh, thing to hear. Yeah, third year in the league, and and I knew, okay, suddenly I'm sitting in dad's spot. I got to watch over yeah. my siblings and my mom, you know, and that's that's the way it's done. It's you mature very really difficult. fast. Oh, you do. I yeah. wasn't ready for it. I mean, I, you know, but it's that's what but you, you got to do. For it, yeah, because yeah, it's what you got to do. And uh, certainly for, for Presley, Christmas morning to lose your dad, that's, Come oh, imagine. man. I mean, instead of going to – Kansas City the day after Christmas, he's got to be heading off to, you know, be, be grieve with the family. That's a very, very difficult situation. And I would think that the the, the up and down punting throughout the year has kind of maybe been a little bit because of what was going on. And again, one of the things I always say, every year is a new story, but every story has those behind the, between the lines type of things that are going on that nobody talks about, whether it's Aaron Smith and, and the incredible year he had where his son Elijah was, uh, you know, diagnosed with leukemia, and uh, the 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 you know the, the difficulties in, in overcoming that um, to other things where marriages are on the rise or on the decline, yeah. you lose family members. There, it, there's all sorts of things that go on that nobody knows about. A lot of fans like to forget these are humans. Yeah. underneath the helmets, you know, exactly. I mean, it's easy to disassociate the humanity with them because their faces are covered in these pads all the time. But these are they go through normal human being emotional problems. Like, there's no I, question. I, I don't put it against Harvin to struggle this year because of things that were happening off the field. Because the things that were happening off the field were just awful for him. It was super great to see him. Boom the ball against the Chiefs. In the I was glad. I was very glad yeah. for the young man. Forty nine point seven. Yeah, that's a way to year. finish off. Yeah. So that's a positive. You know, seven punts, forty nine point seven. You know, I love what he said. He said adversity can happen at any time. The biggest thing you have to do is keep God first. Pray about it. And that's let me tell you, that's a true statement, Tret Presley. You're gonna find that out through the the rest of your life, buddy. He's got his head on straight. Yes. You know, and uh these these stories that unfold behind the scenes, they you know, again, nobody knows but those involved. And it's it's a difficult thing, I can tell you, from the inside. Uh and then from the outside looking in, it's you know, it's you just hope and pray that he's able to uh, you know, over overcome this sort of adversity as he calls it the punting you saw him do against the chiefs too that's what he did all throughout college it won the ray guy award as the best punter in college yeah. so talent is there for him i'm interested to see how he just you know kind of resettles himself in this offseason kind of finds refines himself with all the things that <laughs> happened to him and say what again refines refines himself. like refried beans uh, yeah exactly but i, I I'm just curious to see what a full off season and maybe you know being able to take some time off and really you know deal with your mental th- side of what, what exactly happened to you. and I, I, he'll be back next year. May just because Tomlin loves to compete, wouldn't be surprised if you see a Waitman or another punter come into training camp just to push him a little bit. 
But I, I think Harvin's their guy, and I, I think he'll have a better year. Look, people hated Jordan Berry here forever, and then he went to Minnesota this year, and it clicked for him, and he started punting really well. It can happen overnight with some of these guys. Something just clicks in their head, and they figure it out. Well, also being in the dome helps. That helps you Jordan Berry a lot too. It's yeah. a lot tougher yeah. to punt in Heinz Field. Yeah, there's exactly so. There's no no doubt about that. You know, um, I'm I'm really hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're going to see. Uh, you know, we were talking about earlier about Juju Smith-Schuster being resigned because. He's one of those guys, as Bruce was talking about, Bruce Gradkowski was saying, is big between the the hash marks, you know, playing that's over the center. Um, he's got that physical style. I love the fact that uh, three times, you know, Ben hit him for first downs because he finds those first down markers. He's got that Heinz Ward thing, you know. They got yeah. that uh, that that GPS thing in him that says, this is the first down marker, this is the, the, the end zone. You know, I can find him. You know, I mean, you don't often – you never – very often saw Heinz Ward short of the first down or no. the end zone. And that was a huge problem for a lot of people this exactly. year. Exactly. They were cutting their routes off about a yard shy. Yeah. Tackled short of the sticks. You can't do that. Can't do that. You know? Juju doesn't do that. He shows a ton of emotion. That's not any secret that I'm, I'm sharing right now. But I think he shows a lot of positive emotion, too, on the field. And uh, the play I'm thinking of is when Deontay did drop that third and two slant. Easy first down that just went right through his hands. Right. The camera caught Juju kind of like put his hands on his helmet and be like, no, like, what are you doing? And that's not showing up a teammate. Some people might think that, but it's more like you got to catch, like he knows you got to catch that ball. And it was funny, Collinsworth on the broadcast even said, look at Juju, he's saying, throw me the ball, Ben, I'll catch that ball. And I think that this receiving room is so young and kind of hanging on by a thread as far as going full diva or being really focused on the game that in a weird way, Juju would come back and be the guy that could, yes, have fun and do the dancing and TikTok, but also, hey, it's Sunday now, boys. Like it's We have to do our job. We're dropping too many passes. Like, yes. We can't have as much fun as we're having with drops on third and two. Like I think he's the guy that can come in and be – could he be mature? Could he be the? Could be he be the guy that, like that sets the tone for me in the to room? Say that because yeah. it's so weird. But I, I, I think he would be the best option as far as bringing some maturity and some focus to the receiving room. Think about this: he rehabbed basically undercover all season long. Nobody knew or had an inkling other than those directly involved in, in uh, you know. Uh, you know, in the rehab or whatever. Right. But nobody knew that he was planning on coming back. It was six months he was supposed to be out. He yeah. Back in three. Yeah, I mean, and he didn't have to. You know, that's the right. whole thing about it. He could have rehabbed, and he still could have gone out on the market and got himself a decent contract. But I totally respect his desire to bust his hump and come in and be able to contribute. You know, even when you know this could be maybe not the best game to come back in, but he came back and and – you know, it wasn't like he, you know, was five for 26, but it could have been more. But, I mean, certainly just that alone was enough where his contributions were three first downs. And he can block, man. You know, yeah. when when you run that bunch formation, you know, and you want to get outside, you pitch the uh, Najee, okay, uh, you got to pull the tackle and all that stuff. But you need wide receivers that will go in and dig out the corner or will crack on the outside linebacker that physically can do that. Juju can physically do that. We saw what he did to Vontez Perfect, all right? Yeah. I mean, he laid him out, all you know, right? I mean, and that's what he's capable of, capable of doing. I like Ray Ray McLeod, but Ray Ray McLeod was only averaging about 7, 7.1 
average per catch, and Juju in his worst year was 8.6. Juju at his best is a much better blocker. Ray Ray, he's tough, but he, he don't have much bang for the buck. He's got the best hands on the team, too, as far as receivers are Talking concerned. About Juju. Juju does. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the one that I have least or the most confidence in catching a pass, not having a drop happen. Yeah, I, I think he did what he was supposed to do in that Kansas City game. No one really sh- – he was off since September, October. Yeah. Like, no one expects you to come – if that was a regular season game, I guarantee you they would say, let's wait till another week. You know, let's bring you back up to full speed with the right. offense. But they threw him in there in a playoff game. You just want to make his presence felt somewhat. Maybe catch a couple big first downs, which he did. Three. It was up to the other guys, Claypool and Deontay, to have the 100-yard performances and a couple touchdowns. Juju was just kind of – be there as an extra piece to get a couple big plays, and he did that. You, you couldn't have expected him to come in and be his old self and, and light it up and get 12 targets in the game. He hasn't played since October, no. but he did exactly what he should have done in that game. It, I look at the other receivers as, as kind of falling short in that wild card matchup. Well, there's no question. I mean, you know, Chase Claypool is such a valuable. Uh, I really want him the to table. have a big year next I year. I do, too. Big year. You know, I mean, this guy, they, they really need him to come along. Combat he needs, catches. He needs yes, to he's, he up. needs to spend the whole time, you know, doing the things. Some of the things he does is incredible. That The couple of catches that he made in, in, in U.S. Bank Arena up there in, in Minnesota, unbelievable. I'd like to see them use him in a Debo Samuel role, too, from the Niners. Put him in the backfield. They hand him the ball off on those jet sweeps a lot, and he's really good at turning up the field. He's big, he's physical, he's fast. He's a good runner with the ball in his hand. Yes, he is. Wouldn't be shocked if they do a little deep. Like, the way that they're utilizing Samuel in San Francisco is so unique, and I've never really seen it before with receivers. It's a copycat league. It's only a matter of time before teams start sure. copying that. I think Chase Claypool's a perfect candidate to try some of that stuff with. Line him up as a running back. Hand him I, the ball off. I love it. The thing that The only thing that will hold him back is himself. And I that's, agree with that. It's about, that's about, about being the teammate that you need to be. It's a lot of those you know? guys like that on this roster. It's the talent's there, right? Yeah, it's, it's about there. that mental aspect. Now. Well, it's it's about learning to be accountable, accountable and learning to be a great teammate. Being a great teammate has more to do with, than with just yourself. And I'm I'm not saying that he's selfish. What I'm saying is that there's a time and a place that you got to grow up. And I know a lot of people are jumping all over him because of what he did. And I just say, right. look at. You need them to come along. You need to bring them along and build them up, not tear them down, because they need him to be what he can be. Yeah, well, I completely agree with that, and we'll be spending all offseason just say, saying those <laughs> yeah, same things more of those over, conversations. And over and over yes. again. But it's so true. Like it, I see talent on this team. Yes, it's just a matter of can they finally harness their full potential. All right. Well. I want to thank you, Ninja Tom, as usual. Did pleasure. a spectacular job. I think I'll be back next week on Friday. So. Sounds that'll be great. Yeah. And when is your show? Uh, you and uh, usually Ninja drop Jacob. Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. Okay. You look for the podcast. Drop on Steelers.com, Apple, Spotify, all the places you get podcasts at. But usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we drop three episodes for you. The two ninjas duking it out. But I appreciate them. Thank you for coming in. Thank course, everybody. Thanks for having us. <laughs> hey, you betcha. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. We'll be back with more on Monday. All right, thank you so very much. You've been in the locker room with Wolf, Ninja Tom, and Ninja Jacob.